it's always soccer in Philadelphia. Yes. Whether you like it or not. Yes. And, and that's now, the bottom line. It's now always soccer. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, it's, there's a lot going on in Philadelphia right now. Uh, Markel Fultz is back. Uh, Sixer fans. face might Embiid's, be there. We're not sure Embiid's how face, face is, doing. Uh, is injured. Uh, Sixer fans aren't happy with my line of questioning. We got <laughs> Villanova in the final four. There you go. Opening the, day. The Flyers with the with the big win over uh, who did they play us at the Colorado Avalanche? I think Giroux Claude I think had a point okay. in the game last night. Uh, who else did we get? The f- oh, it's opening day. Opening Holy day. shit! It's opening day. And here we are talking about the uh, Union Colorado. Philadelphia uh, Union, game. Colorado Rapids. We're here to talk Major League Soccer. We're not yes. going to talk. We're not going to talk about any of that other stuff. We're going to talk about Major League Soccer. We can talk about the uh, Final Four a little bit. Are you okay with Villanova there after beating West Virginia? Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, to to answer with a John Hackworth line, yes and no. Uh, I'm, I don't. Yeah, I don't dislike Villanova at all. I would like to see that. I would like them to they're, see them beat the shit out of Kansas. Honestly, they're the um, best team in the country, and I could have told you that a couple months ago. They're they're really really good this I year. I would be happy. Listen, this is what I want. If if we yeah, if Nova goes on to win it all, I would like to be able to say that West Virginia gave them the t- the toughest yeah. test of the tournament. It was I think it was a good game until there's some bogus bullshit foul calls in the second half. But again. I'm I'm not that I'm not really like a blame the refs type of dude, but when you play the way we do and you're like up in their grill and playing tough defense and stuff, there's some ticky tack fouls going on or whatever. And how about uh, Penn giving Kansas their largest uh, deficit of the tournament? How about yeah? How about twenty-one that? to eleven in the first it's, round? Yeah, yeah. I was watching in a bar with, with some Penn friends where. We're the only ones watching. <laughs> so Five of us screaming. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. So no matter what happens, you and I at least have something to hang our hat. Yeah, we on, lost the know? final four teams. There you go. And the so fil- that means Penn and West Virginia are like the <laughs> fifth and sixth best teams in the, in the right, country. Right, right yeah, exactly right. You know who also has something to hang their hat on is your team, your town, your Philadelphia Union, who have not allowed a goal. Yeah, undefeated. Season. So if that's the glass half full approach then uh you know i think you're looking at these first two games kind of say how like slow of a start it's, it's been, been weird it's been a weird first month i mean two idle weeks uh one for for international one because uh seattle has a champions league so yeah. it's been weird curtain said it's been weird it's it's hard to get too excited but well now listen the back end of that is that you're going to have more stuff down the stretch in the summer when the sixers are done and the flyers are done and yeah, uh, you know the Phillies are playing. There's going to be more meaningful stuff then. So it's it's not in in a, in one way you could say they're not getting law. It's not like if they went off and ripped off went out whipped off ripped off three wins in a row. It's not like it was going to get buried behind the Sixers or the Flyers or whatever. It's almost like whatever. Nobody's really paying attention to the team anyway right now from a from a city perspective. So. But, you know, that's the, gla- the glass half full saying they haven't allowed a goal this year. The glass half empty would say they haven't scored, uh, you know, a goal in full, you know, 11 v. 11 yet. Yeah. So, and I don't know. Again, I don't know how much of a sample size really there is. They only played 20-some yeah. 20, 20 minutes of 11 v. 11 against the, the Revs. Um, and they couldn't score against a Columbus team that looks like one of the best teams in the league. It's hard to take too much, like you said. But the fact that it's such a um, young back line and it could be even younger uh, this uh, this week we can talk about that but um the fact that they haven't uh given up a goal um is a promising sign because i mean they're playing a teenager at center back and he's held up pretty well so far well i mean we sat here when we did the preview to the season saying what's the biggest issue of the year and we both agreed right that it was you know is austin trusty and jack elliott and keegan rosenberry uh gonna hold up 
you know, and yeah. is Matt Real going to be the guy at left back, which it looks like he might be sooner rather than later. Um, so, I mean, if you're going by, if you're going right back to what we just talked about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, yeah, I mean, you, you say you're fine with, with where they yeah. are. I mean, I think everybody knew that Borak Dutchkal coming in here, David Akam coming in, uh, you know, there's going to, there's always going to be a work in progress trying to get the offense to be what it's going to be. But if you know anything about Jim Curtin, which we all do, is that he will take nil nil versus right. five so, five five yeah. any any day of the week. You know? So you analyzed the game better than me when you watched the game back versus a Columbus. I mean, the very simple explanation is that Borak and Akam just didn't really touch the ball as much as they should. They weren't on the ball. They didn't make any like dangerous plays. Just when you look at those two guys in particular, like what did you see, and how do you think the uh, Union can really get them more involved? On a surface level, I mean, I think it was just a chemistry thing to begin with. Obviously, you know, Dutch Cos making his first MLS start. It's kind of cold. It's kind of crappy. You know, he doesn't have a ton of time with his teammates. That's a problem, too, with these transfer windows when you get these guys in there late. You know, they just don't have a lot of time to to, to work their way into the system and get accommodated and yeah. become familiar with, with these people. You know, so you saw the same things with Vittoria and Aristigueta and those, these guys are coming in late February, you know. And those two guys worked out great. Yeah, as we all know. <laughs> As we all know, they will go down in the, uh, the among the in the, in the pantheon of yeah. the Philadelphia Union greats. Along Aristigueta, not many. I had higher hopes for him. I'm, I'm, I'm not I sure. I liked Fernando. I'm not sure yeah. what happened there. Yeah. I liked Fernando. I also asked. I also asked my first Spanish interview question ever uh, about Fernando Aristigueta. I wow. asked uh, Vizcarando as well. The Vizcarando from Venezuela was at the Copa America, and I was like, "What the fuck is? Is there any Philadelphia angle here for me to ask about?" I'm like, "Oh, he knows Fernando. Yeah. yeah, he knows Fernando." Yeah. So I asked yeah, you the story. I just I stumbled my way through a broken Spanish question, and he answered it in Spanish. And of course, I had to like, I sent it to uh, to to Nate up at YSC, and he like translated it for okay. me. Uh, Nate, the um, from Bolivia. It's so, not like uh, a yeah, like Tanawald uh, doing. <laughs> Questions in French. Those are my yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite as yeah. good as that. It's so. not like Tanamont asking a question in French, telling it to me in English, and then typing it out in Czech and, <laughs> and sending it to his There's 10, only 10, one. 10,000 10, Twitter followers. What did I see when I watched the game? I, I mean, I don't – part of the, the thing was I think Columbus, Columbus was just really organized and defensively they're very sound, and, and they, they just play a really smart game. You know, They don't expose themselves too much. They hold tight lines. You know, they, they're – They've been playing together for a while. They know like yeah. what each person is supposed to do. They're, they they have a, a very you know easy. They're very identifiable in what they want to do. And uh, yeah, you know, how so, good are so, they, Columbus? Because they're they're tied for first. They're like number two in the power rankings on MLS. I mean, do you think this team is legit, Columbus? Yeah, I, I think it's a, do. It's a good result. Yeah, yeah for sure, man. I mean, I I think. Um, Look, if, if you're asking me who's – I think I sat here on the podcast last year. I said the next U.S. national team manager, more than freaking Sarakin, um, I'll take anybody over him <laughs> at this point, especially after watching that game the other day. Yeah. Um, I mean, Greg Berhalter, can you can you name a coach in MLS right now who's who's performing at a higher level, has his team playing better than Greg Berhalter over the last couple of years? Jesse Marsh? No. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, based on what, <laughs> based on what they're, do, they're doing so far, yeah. yeah. You know? But, but uh, I mean, yeah. there's not – there are a lot time. of good coaches like those. I, Vieira, I, I'd Patrick be Vieira, fine. Yeah. Martino. I mean, I, mean like, I would have said Caleb Porter before he left. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're off to a slow start too. But no, listen. I, I um, you know, the one thing. So, so that's that. I think the weird thing is that Akam didn't really have a ton of space to. They they did a good job of kind of choking out the space and not letting Akam get ahead of steam and running at right. him. And he was pinched in really close to CJ. And so you saw. I think when I went back and I looked at David's chart, he had like four blocked shots or, or four, not block shots, but four. 
times he was dispossessed or he lost his dribble like inside the box because the ball kind of fell to his feet there and he was trying to shake a defender and get a shot off or do something but he was kind of like operating in a in a phone booth you know it's not yeah. like he, he had he had the ability to kind of stretch the field and use his pace you know it's kind of it was like kind of clumpy up there yeah it'll take time that's what they said i mean those two guys are new they're still like learning their their teammates uh um, tendencies so uh yeah we'll see if they can put it together uh this week do you want to talk about uh this game coming up and, and i guess the uh, big pressing question as who plays on left back <laughs> on the yeah so i'll admit like i'm i'm so like i have the the sixers are so far up my ass right now with my like real job these days so like i really haven't been paying atten- attention to like a ton of the league wide so but colorado's got a, you know a bunch of new pieces new coach new yeah coach. a lot of guys from like england and I think they were playing they three, five, Howard still. three five. They two. were, yeah, three five two. Did Hudson likes that? the three backs, and then okay. well, they have um Edgar Castillo, Castillo and I think yeah. he kind of plays as their like wing left, back. Left like, wing yeah, back, yeah. Who's on the right? Is it Harrison playing on the right? Do they have it, yeah, somewhere? I gotta go back God, and check. I yeah, know. we are we are so not prepared <laughs> for this shit right now. But um, are people tuning in expecting just a detailed <laughs> Colorado Rapids breakdown? Because yeah, we did not prepare I for know, that. I can, yeah, I could tell you all about Markel Fultz's ability. We can to, tell you about their uh, backup goalie Zach McMath. So. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the point being is like, look, now they're they're going and doing what they're 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 doing what they could not do last year was is playing on the road you know so did jim say something at the press conference wednesday about like preparing differently or they were going to leave earlier for this game or something i, like that? Did I may have that? got a few minutes late to the press conference <laughs> which actually worked out well because i was able to get jim for two questions oh, okay. after right, right, and right, then right. i talked to bedoya yeah. but uh the, the leaving three days early i think started last year the union never used to do this i, I think uh west coast games they like to leave like three days early kind of uh, uh, middle of the country, they leave too, and then like East Coast, it's just one day before. So, yeah. so the three days before, I mean, it obviously didn't help last year. They only had one road win, but right. in terms of uh, sports science, uh, uh, sports performance, I think they think that's uh, good for their body. Um, but it's it's also hard. I mean, these guys have like have like um routines. They have families that that they leave behind, and it's. It's kind, of a, it's, 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 it's kind of a weird thing, yeah. No, you don't have the charter flights. You know, you're sitting there with a bunch of other dudes who are just going out to... I can get into that. I had like a 10-minute sit-down with Ali Bedoya, and yeah, the charter flights thing is Is definitely, that what you talked yeah, about? Yeah, I did, yeah. I'm going to do a piece for The Athletic on just the travel issue of it. And yeah, I mean, it's hard for the bodies to sit and coach in like middle seats and it's bad for the legs on these long flights and dude I, I mean i have trouble when i sit on a flight we went to we went to uh bangor maine a couple weeks ago for a wedding in february go figure although it really wasn't that cold so i don't know um and i like i'm just sitting there on the plane for an hour and a half and i'm like oh give me a, the hell yeah. off this plane you know so like can you imagine if you're like six foot four cj sapong trying to stretch your legs uh flying out to denver how long of a flight yeah. is that like five hours four and a yeah. half five hours it's four and a half yeah and then you get off the plane and you're in this like this new environment and like ali altitude. posted something on instagram it was like cold and snowy and their bus wasn't there it was after midnight and he grabs like uh oh like got borak and says like this is travel in mls <laughs> yeah, like yeah like, welcome like get used to it welcome yeah. to it yeah, and it borak just looks kind of stunned it ain't china but welcome to uh, <laughs> You know, you can actually breathe the air, but it's, you know, you got to sit in a plane for, yeah. for five hours. Yeah, I mean, charter, I, I think charter flights is going to be a, one of the next big issues in the uh, CBA, which I think is still like uh, three years well, away. Well, if you ask CBA, a lot but, of players, yeah. like what really matters to them, you know, in, in terms of changing MLS or bringing the league forward, number one, they still say like salaries and making them more meaningful and, and, and 
the the streamlining of them so guys are getting paid what they're worth but then charge you know the travel and the flights are like right up there as like a number two or number three all the time you know um it's gotta be funny too these teams just like going up to the flights on their gates just with the general public and and like people tell us all the time like there are jokes like oh like what team is this what league like what sport it's like oh like my oh, yeah. uh, niece plays do? soccer isn't, oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah, yeah. isn't that sweet you guys yeah. play soccer you know, so uh, do my kids yeah hokies and youth <laughs> soccer the yeah. hokies and fireballs you know that just shows it's yeah, like well, where I it is get, well, to that point, like when I was coming back from Maine, uh, we, we didn't, we drove down to Portland cause my wife has family, um, there. And so we flew out of Portland and we got on the plane in Portland with the Celtics, uh, G league team, the Maine red nice. claws got on there. So there's like these six foot eight basketball players who were sitting in like the same damn seat that I'm sitting in, you know, they need charter flights too. So is the, is major league soccer bigger at the than same the, level of the, the, the G league? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, well, it's, yeah, it's, I, I hate oh, the G league. The G league. Like, well, it's like the Gatorade league now, okay. which is stupid. But, um, yeah, I mean, so to that point, you know, now the interesting thing I think is they go out and they play a team like Colorado and they're on the road and they, they're, the union are probably going to be conservative and probably sit back well, and, and be okay. defensive. But now, are we going to see more of? They're not really going to. They're probably not going to dictate possession or tempo of the game. So we're going to see them sit back a little bit and counter with a calm speed off the. Well, break. That's the one I thing think. Ollie said is that last year, there is if you look at all the games on the road, is that they probably sat back too much and they didn't didn't dictate. And he said one of the emphasis is in the preseason was was to attack more, to high press more, to play the same on the road as they do at home so i mean that's what he said whether or not it works or whether in the first 10 minutes uh something changes yeah and they yeah. drop back that kind of like remains to be seen but according to to uh ali bedoya they're gonna try to um on like high press more and kind of um just make it more exciting which play their game, which is good yeah, which game. is what I mean, they should what do, do yeah. what do you have to lose you know i mean because last year they went out and they played conservative and they didn't get forward and they still lost anyway so yeah. what do you have to lose by going and trying to high, yeah i mean i don't know how long you can high press in the in the rocky mountain altitude that's but another thing, if you yeah. nick a goal or two early i mean that changes the complexion of the game and then you can sit back a little bit so yeah. why not why not go for it why you know, not I mean, yeah. they, they, we've got years of sample size of saying this shit doesn't work yeah so and it's so why not so do boring? S- like we talked before, like last year's road games, you'd watch the union and like ninety percent really of the boring. road games it was painful really to watch. Boring. It was really painful to watch. Yeah, yeah. and even like they're me, a different team at home. Even like me as a like a lifelong defender, like I I can appreciate defensive soccer and like a good clean sheet or something. But at some point, I mean, like I was watching a lot of those games. I was like, dude, you just gotta like you gotta take a chance here, yeah. go forward, do something, you know. Um, so to that point kind of actually goes hand in hand with it Fabinho's not available surgery minor surgery right? minor surgery yeah, so, at like four to or like uh, four to three six, to four weeks um i think richie marquez was four to six for his sports okay, hernia three to four uh, fabi's around yeah three or four so so almost ra- a couple games i mean yeah the obvious thing i the safest thing i guess would be to play ray this game and then maybe give real his debut at home against a, a san jose the mm-hmm. following week but i mean curtain does talk about wanting to throw these kids into the deep end and to see what they're made of, see if they could swim. Um, well, to that point, then why the hell not? Why not? I mean, he's you know, eighteen. Like, he, you'd have a back line. I think I tweeted this of an eighteen-year-old, a nineteen-year-old, a twenty-one-year-old, and a twenty-four-year-old. Probably the youngest back line in the league by far, I'd say. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, you like having Ray Gaddis on the bench because he—he's like a veteran guy. He could play both. Mm-hmm both sides if someone gets hurt or if you need a sub so i i i'd go for it 
I'd go for I it. I don't blame you, man. I mean, if they're really committed to doing this, uh, the youth thing, I mean, like we said, with Fontana only being a stopgap until Dachkal was ready, really they're only starting one homegrown player. Because right. yeah. Jones is on the bench. There's no spot for him. Fontana's And he had a great goal in uh, Bethlehem. Do you see that, yeah. Jones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He should be. He should be playing. Yeah, I feel like MLS, a, a yeah. broken record at this point with my, like, put Badoyle on the right wing thing. I know. I, I believe it makes it, sense. You know? It makes sense. Um, but again, I mean, like I'm saying, you got Jones – you got Trusty, you got Fontana, you got Real. How many of those guys? Start them all. When everybody's healthy. How many of them are starting? There's only one yeah. of them that's starting. Yeah. So I'm not as far up everybody's butt with the play your kids thing as everybody else's. I think that's kind of trendy, like flavor of the month right now on MLS Twitter. Just for the fact, I think that the United States got knocked out of the World Cup and people are like bemoaning the fact that like there's not enough like talent in this generation. We need to get the younger kids going and playing them in MLS is the way to do that. Yeah, that's correct. But you know, MLS doesn't exist solely just to service the United States national team. I mean, like if Remy guard comes in and he's got a young American kid there and everybody's saying, play the young American kid. He don't give a shit. Like his objective might be to play the young Canadian kid or the 36 year old French guy and just win him some games and keep him his job, you know? So I get, I get the player kids thing. I'm not against it at all. But like I said, I don't think you're going to put eight, American kids out there and win a bunch of games, but at the same point, if Matt Real is ready to go, then if you he's play your backup, him, then you, you play him. Over the only Ray other, Gattis, you know, the only other thing is he was with the um, national team, yeah, the U twenty one, so he didn't really him. have much time to practice. So yeah. I mean, I if you want to play Gaddis this week, I I understand it, but the following week, I think you have to go with that. Uh, with them real no matter what and josh yarrow has an injury now too right so mckenzie's going to be the third center back right. going it so you're going to have you're going to have elliot and trusty backed up by mckenzie and then you're going to have either gaddis um or real with the other guy on the bench and then keegan over there on the right you know that'd be so amazing like if, keegan if goes mckenzie ends up playing be, yeah oh i know right yeah well i mean well if, if keegan pulls a hamstring 20 minutes in then ray would go over to the right i guess and real would would come on yeah for, left back so here we are in week three well week five or whatever you want to call it talking um, about injuries talking about like what would happen but yeah it's there. i mean I, I think it's cool that they have so many uh i'm young guys in the back line that's what you need in like today's game you know the the uh, youthfulness that this ds mm-hmm. speed so mm-hmm. i'm excited to see it so you're doing some stuff now for the athletic which you mentioned earlier yeah so t- hey yeah, tell, isn't tell, that exciting tell the li- <laughs> no i mean tell the uh, the uh listeners yeah. about, look i mean we all well, know me we all and know Matt. how rare we all know how hard it is to find anybody to pay you to, to write yeah. about soccer well it's funny yeah because i was kind of worried about it because mls as you know is more like um national stuff i do like editing shifts for them and nbc sports philadelphia is, is really not much of anything anymore and in terms of journalism and they don't do much with the union or colleges. So the, those are my two main things. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of reached out to the athletic. It was like a day before the first game. I'm like, do you guys have anyone? They're like, nope. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so, uh, so that was that. So I'm like, yeah, let me try to do something nice. the first game as a follow. And it's, yeah, it's kind of more like longer form explanatory stuff, uh, features, which I like to do anyway. So I um, hope to get more like one-on-one interviews and uh, sit down. So yeah, it, it, if you guys like the union and any like the other people, you should maybe think about paying the subscription. If I don't want to tell anyone how to how to spend their money, but uh, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. but I mean it's it's this is the I mean you know the the, the industry is uh, you know we're we're constantly looking for ways just to stay afloat. You know everybody who listens to this podcast was was awesome with the fundraiser that we did. You know so. Um, and uh, Matt DeGeorge is writing for The Athletic now. Yeah. He'll contribute a little bit. I'll do some features. He'll that. do some beat stuff. Maybe I'll convince Kevin to write 
for them every now oh, and then. So maybe I could join you guys at the athletic. It could be, uh, <laughs> and you guys will have to subscribe if it's the three of us. And, and yeah, we'll or, make else, or else you ain't reading shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's either Tannenwald or that. So. Yeah, right, right. Well, and John's uh, and Joe Tanzi, I guess, yeah. is not up at pro soccer now. Joe, yeah, some stuff, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Faux show. Um, um, all right, so where do you want? To, so okay, so just wrapping up the uni. questions. Oh yeah. Well, let me. I got a couple other little topics here, but um, so. I, I, I would say so far I'm I've cautiously optimistic at where they are. I, I, you know, this is the the main like if if you're gonna take anything away from the first two Union games, which are like pretty much utterly forgettable, but if you're gonna take anything away from it, they got four points out of six. Mm-hmm. Okay, last year they started with four points out of okay. twenty four. Uh, four out of 24 yeah they get you know so they went oh four and four so there's zero point zero wow. points and four so they've that's, already reached where they that's a good stat that's yeah. why this this is the best podcast there you go you don't that's you, like that you don't seriously, you, don't, you, you don't really don't get that other kind of stuff on any other i mean you uh, could we don't listen to them so there's, 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 a, there's a chance you could we just don't know <laughs> no offense to greg and mike and joe i know all those dudes okay. um so I feel like every podcast okay. we end up saying no offense to those guys <laughs> no offense uh yeah we are the best but no offense to anybody else um uh zlatan okay yeah he's a player he's big time he's it's a, a shame the union didn't get, don't, get any, uh, <laughs> don't get any money for his, him you know his intro video is so funny <laughs> with the lion i'm like you don't get that with the union i know right i should have like photoshopped like my face on it or something <laughs> like that or, or had some I fun know. with it you know i should have too is he so let me ask you this like I, you know we're kind of turning the page on the uh on the retirement league narrative you know um where they're really not going for, you know, the, the, even the LA Galaxy last year kind of shied away from their pattern of Steven Gerrard and uh, David Beckham and whoever the hell else would coming in. And they went for some like younger guys like uh, Alessandrini and Joao Pedro and, and stuff like that. So now they go back in for 36 year old. Is he 35 or 36? 36. Yeah. 36. I mean, year old Zlatan. Yeah. I mean, is it, is so, I mean, my take on it is like, yeah, I like them getting away from the retirement league thing, but also there's some guys from a marketing and like just wow yeah, perspective that you just it. go for it. Yeah. And it's also like it's not really fair to MLS because if he would have signed anywhere else, like any other league, they wouldn't say that that's like a retirement league. <laughs> so like MLS kind of has that. Like he's not done playing. He has a couple more years. He could have a couple couple more like good years. So yeah. like why if it's if it's MLS, if it's like another league in Europe, if it's China, like wherever, like. He's gonna play somewhere, so like, why not? Like, if he re-signed, if when he went back to Manchester United, everybody was like, "Wow, he still has it." Right, he seventeen still has... goals tried, and then he magically goes to L.A. and well, no, like, he's oh, yeah. shit. Right, exactly. He's automatically, it's shit. always yeah. like that. Always They're like a bunch that. of fucking hypocrites. It's man. always like, it's like these Sixers fans who were like, <laughs> you know, "Give me crap for the Markel Fold stuff," you know? Just like pick one and stick with it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, why the hell not? And they, they're saying they might play him, uh, you know, on Saturday against. Um, LAFC. How about El Trafico. Be... Have you heard that? El name? Trafico. Yeah. <laughs> I love funny. it, man. It's really funny. I love it. Yeah. I think it's perfect. Yeah. There's some people who are like arguing about that on Twitter today, um, saying it's like, it's not serious or whatever the hell. But like, how can you be serious about a game that hasn't been played before? Right. Nah, that's cool. That's cool. Do you like it? I like it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's fan generated and like it's funny and it's true. It's goofy. Yeah. You know, El Trafico, you know, between uh, the Chivas yeah. rebrand and, um, the LA Galaxy. So I'm all for it, man. I mean, what do you make of that matchup? You got the LAFCs trying to be like the a new team in town, but they're like so like rich too. They're not really like the underdog, but I oh, guess I they know. are in some I ways. Know. Like it's like weird from an outsider's perspective who's not from LA, like who you kind of side with in this yeah, they're in ex- this derby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't um they're not really coming. I mean, I don't I don't think it was like I think New York City when they came in had kind of like a 
I don't know. Their fan. I, I don't really know much about either fan base, but it seemed like there was a little bit more like arrogance or something with the New York, yeah. New York when New York City came in. Maybe just because of the affiliation with Manchester City and the Maybe. the Yankees and stuff like that. Something I think just like rubbed me differently than LAFC coming in and not really like I, being like part of this big network yeah. of like the like the so called evil empire of whatever the hell. You I know think they're both. Both teams are trying to attract fans from the like city as opposed to like the whole region. Like they okay. want the like young millennial types, and I think LAFC is is kind of going for that as opposed to the team. Well, it's interesting because they plays out yeah, in Carson, right? So, so like I don't I don't like know enough about LA. Bax, you all right, man? He's like whining. It's over there. not like LA talk. Yeah, it's like he, we're in he, Philly, just, bitches. Yeah, he literally just walked out. Of there. <laughs> <laughs> he's like um, he's a Philly dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, from like a brand and marketing standpoint, like both teams have like Mexican superstars, you know? Right. You know, yeah. you're rolling out Carlos Vela with your expansion team when the union were the rolling Santos out. Brothers. Yeah. yeah. And then you got the Santos brothers on the other side. So I, I mean, it's intriguing to me. I mean, I'm not really sure, but um, I like we'll how Trafico, I'm down with it, man. I, I, uh, I don't have a prediction one way or the other. I'd like to see Zlatan come in and we put 22 cameras on him, like the David, <laughs> like the David Beckham uh, ankle game I'm sure against Chelsea. Th- I'm sure they're planning on that, like what he's doing the whole day, like following around. I mean, yeah. they should. They, yeah, they and should. then Zlatan, People at, at watch it. 2 o'clock, Zlatan got a, a taco from <laughs> Del Taco, and then he went to In-N-Out Burger and he got a milkshake, you know, and then he sat on the 405 for three hours trying to get through the game. Um, all right, two more quick Did you watch his um, Oh, his odd thing with um Kalen Carr the the interview. No, I didn't. Was it good? It looked like Kalen was like one of those like um kid reporters. <laughs> oh really? This was a lot done so big. Like he was sitting on the seat and uh, yeah. Kalen was like propped up on this. <laughs> well, one of them one of them has scored in an MLS Cup final and the other one has not. There you go. Right. Kalen Carr scored in the final a couple years ago. That sounds right. I'll have to look that up. And yeah. if not, I'll just edit it out of the podcast. <laughs> or actually, I'm too lazy to edit anything out of the podcast these days. It took so, a, it took a, enough out of me to lay that DM, look it up? DMX music over the last thing that we did. I oh, you have a computer. Yeah, look it up. You know, and we wanted to do. I was going to roll out the crossing. We were going to read the crossing broad, uh, mean oh, soccer yeah. comments again. That's but gotta be a week. But guess thing. what? But uh, but there were no. Okay, comments. next time. So I got to make sure I write something. I mean, I got the athletic comments. Them. I told you are super nice, so those would not be fun to read. Yeah, that. Yeah, they would just. Thanks like, for the soccer coverage, yeah, guys. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> everything's great. Everything's peachy versus like the BS that I deal with. Um, yeah, look up that Kalen Carr stuff. I'm gonna drop two more union nuggets we need before a we get to the questions. Um, anyone want? Anyone want to come on be our producer? Eintracht Frankfurt friendly. Are you feeling that one? Eh, not really. Timmy uh, <laughs> Timmy Chandler coming to town. <laughs> there you go. He's going to draw really at know. least 12 people. Um, how about the friendly, the United States national team friendly at, P, at Yeah, PPL, I at mean, Talon. it's always fun when they play. That Was the last but U.S. national Memorial. team game, that like Gold Cup uh, third place game, that was like the worst. Oh, that was yeah. like the worst they, game ever. They gave us Jurgen Klinsmann and DeMarcus uh, Bees. I almost said DeMarcus I'm trying to think of, DeMarcus of the other, Beasley yeah. on the, uh, the podium. I'm trying to think of the other games that were here. There's a game back in 2010. I think it was Eric Lehigh's debut. Yeah, against Columbia. Yeah, yeah that's uh, some good stuff out of you, man. How I many, think you should. Do US an, I th- I, you know how the athletic lets you write longer stories. <laughs> I'm feeling like a like an oral history of Talon Energy of Stadium. Eric That's... Lehigh's debut <laughs> at um, at uh, Talon Energy Sta- at PPL Park. Yeah. Back then, but I'm not really. F- I mean, I don't know how many people you're going to get to come to to go to Chester on Memorial Day to and, play Bolivia. Uh, who the fuck cares about Bolivia? Like, who plays for them now? You know. Um, I I just don't know. I mean. It's nice that you have these things. I mean, there's some opportunities. There's always some interesting storylines. Like I, there were some different things with Swansea coming in. 
last year and you know being able to talk to like Leon Britton and asking about Bob Bradley and some stuff like that um but I mean yeah when you start off with Manchester United and and Real Madrid it just kind of goes trickles down from there so uh but whatever I mean I, I don't I don't have a problem with any of these friendlies just being a one-off kind of thing during a bye week where you get a bunch of the kids in there that's okay there's nothing wrong with that at all you just used to feel like back in 2010 2011 it used to feel bigger like now it just feels like they have to do it almost and they just like find like it's a team an obligation yeah, so, just, yeah. I just, yeah. yeah I, I, I can i can see that um well you got some kaylin car kaylin cars yeah he scored in the 2012 game uh a houston lost to the galaxy 3-1 yeah houston won la galaxy three here's a picture of him lying injured on wikipedia oh, as, yeah he got as uh, david yeah. beckham looks on yeah so he, he, Beckham injured he scored a goal somebody, and he got uh, Beckham injured Morales in the 2009 final too, and then said, "Oh, sorry, I didn't." You know, I didn't know. dirty player. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to do? Uh, yeah. Let's, let's go watch that CD oh, rock. Sorry, yeah. 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 I'm destroying his house. That's right. So I guess the first question actually is about Zlatan from EJ oh, McGrogan. Okay. Uh, Let me get my phone. Okay. Let's, okay, let's yeah. do this right because you had your. Um, I'll start from the bottom. And I retweeted it like two minutes ago. What odds would you give Zlatan coming to uh, Philly? It's a Saturday in July with the nationally televised LA Derby. The following thursday see a lot of people are saying no because of that if i'm zlatan and i'm here for the marketing i'm here to see the country i'd want to go to games on the east coast and see big cities like philly i, I remember david beckham came here it was a whole big deal yeah there's like there's like a gossip columnist he went to like barkley prime for like a hundred dollar cheese steak oh yeah and, you got the fancy yeah, yeah so yeah, i mean right. I, if, if you're zlatan like isn't that part of the reason why you're here to kind of see the country to kind of uh to go to like different big cities and kind of get fawned over. I mean, isn't that, isn't that, I think so. What does their schedule look? Are they, do they have a bunch of like games in and around there? Cause I think the one reason that like, yeah, that's what he says. There's, there's the LA Derby. They always, whenever, yeah. Cause whenever LA comes out here, there's always some, they always have like a Wednesday game somewhere or or when we got them last year, two years ago, it was like on a Thursday night or something. They want the union. Steven Gerrard on a Thursday night, like (laughs) Keegan Rosenberry scored and it was a two, two, right? Yeah. It's always, they always, Philly always kind of gets like shafted when it comes to that kind of stuff. I mean, Gerrard did play here, right? Did he play in that game? I think so, yeah. 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 But again, you're like it was a bunch of Liverpool jerseys at Talon on like a Thursday or a Wednesday. And Beckham was there. here twice, I think for one Galaxy game and then for the All Star game. game. Yeah, but the was one, that the was that but, the only time he was here? Isn't it crazy? Yeah, that all those years he played for the Galaxy, yeah. he only played one I think, game. I think it was a Union. just one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I just, it's kind of it's kind who of are the other, for Union fans. Who are the yeah. other biggest stars who've ever played the stadium? I mean, Zlatan would probably be number two behind Beckham. I mean, Messi and Ronaldo haven't played here yet. So. Uh, no, um, <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. Like, who is the biggest player to, go to back. play at um, Talent? It's Beckham you, right now. Yeah. Well, you go through some of the I mean, you got friendlies, Tony, too. Um, yeah, Tony Stahl. You got... Yeah, Tony. <laughs> uh, Dave Myrie. No, he didn't. He never played. Play. No, he, <laughs> he, yeah. he was cut. He was cut. Back to just give it a rest, man. Jesus Christ. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a Andrew good question, Wenger. Man. Yeah, top five. I mean, uh, yeah, you had, um, you know, uh, Bo- uh, Bone. What's his name? Corbin Bone was on the field. <laughs> Bone. Um, Bone. Yeah, actually, he did okay after he left the the union, and he went on to um, yeah, Cincinnati, right? Things. Yeah. yeah, in Cincy, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Maybe we will do that for another time. Who is the biggest the biggest name to play? Maybe Carly Lloyd. Did she play it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Talent yeah, she did. She yeah, she played at least once, yeah. What else? Uh, what else? Uh, EJ McGrogan, what do you think of Curtin's thinks of uh, Bedoya straying to the right? Um, is it an intentional strategy or is that a problem that needs to be addressed? Oh, uh, like, yeah, during games he ends up towards the right anyway. Like, uh, he did a yeah, chart about this, the right? Whole, yeah, the whole article about that. Yeah, it's, it's just like... 
you know, if when you look at how they played and you look at the heat maps and stuff like that, there's just a lot of overlap between Dutch Kyle, Herbers, Rosenberry, and Bedoya. And, um, you know, I just, it's like if Ollie's going to be there anyway, then why not just play him over there? You know, because then you can bring Derek Jones and get him on the field. You kill like four birds with one stone. You know, that's 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 kind of my reasoning for it. It's multifaceted. It's not just that I think he's better over there. It's that it allows you to get your homegrown kid on the field. Um, so you want to kill four birds is what you're saying. With one stone. That seems hard. Yeah. I don't know why it's. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a weird where expression. Did, where did that expression. Have you ever thought about it? Yeah. I mean, it's kill birds with kill two birds with one stone. But like it's kind of morbid. With though, the stone right? like ricochet. Off well, because you usually use that saying when you're trying to no, like, problem-solving sense, but you're talking about killing yeah. an animal, well, it's an, an avian creature. It's that sense. It's kind of morbid, but also like the like whole like thing, like how do you use one stone like to kill two birds? Unless the birds are like <laughs> are like right like next to each other, and it kind of bounces off, or maybe um, or the stone goes through one bird, like Randy. Jo- like Randy Johnson yeah, style, if you're and like Randy Johnson, you kill it destroys the bird, and then yeah. it go, and then it keeps going. The trajectory. I have to say that's a pretty good um, podcast title for this. I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> Killing four birds with one stone. I, you know, I think the last. I podcast think we need to research did, the the last podcast that we did together um, did really well. I think it was. I think it was probably one of our better ones. The quick glance of Bork Doshkal. Uh, <laughs> Just it seemed you know we were like it was goofy we were having fun but it was informative at the same time yeah that's so we like we, to have fun and yeah, provide information that's what we bring you here I'm a I'm a real believer that you can be entertaining and informative uh, <laughs> at the same time all right there so what's go. next over uh, Z is binary did the union miss the playoffs by more or less than five points the thing with the playoffs we we'll talk more about this this season but the Eastern Conference really is loaded and uh, Jim mentioned this yeah. that possibly the five best teams are in the East so. I still think they don't miss it by that much. I think they'll either sneak into the sixth or maybe just miss it in the seventh or eighth by like three or four points or something. Well, I think, um, right, because we picked at the beginning of the season, I said 43, right? I said they're one point improved from last year, but I think that the cut, I think the cutoff last year was 49 or 50. So if they get to 43, but the sixth place line is again 49 or 50, that would put them six or seven points out. Yeah. So. so I will sit to the answer Z is binary, I would say. Or is it binary? Did I put the wrong like emphasis on the <laughs> uh yes, I do think they missed the playoffs by more than six points. Five points. Um Okay. Matt Bogard, do you think the um rigid system is what is allowing the uh, young players to step in and contribute, letting potentially two rookies start on the back line this weekend? Yeah. Like yeah, good question. Um yes, I think so because it's easier to I mean, obviously when you're in a more conservative and a more compact defense first kind of system with a defense first coach who played as a defender in this league, uh, obviously he's going to understand what it's like to put a young center back or or two or a left back out on the field, you know. Certainly much easier for them to throw a you know, a D mid or a center back or a full back on there and and let them, you know, get accommodated to MLS play right away versus, you know, putting a young number 10 up there, you know. That's not Jim's strength, and it never has been. Nor do they really play that way. So, yeah, I'd say I'd say yeah. Another EJ McGrogan question: Do we need to like do like limits on these guys? Is, is this his, his second third, one? His third question, uh, but well, that's all, okay because EJ, EJ commented on uh, crossing broad. I think the other day. He oh, had nice. A, he had he a came positive to comment. Yeah. Uh, Jack McInerney scored in his USL debut for the Indy Eleven. Are you surprised he's in the uh, USL? And you think he'll make it back to MLS? I'm a little surprised. Um, I I tweeted something last week about their draft in 2010. 
uh, the top seven guys, there are some good players there, and the three guys that the union got are no longer playing in MLS. Is that when we were doing the <laughs> revi- revisionist history? Yeah, so the, the 2010 draft yeah, looks pretty yeah. bad now. But, I mean, Moanga was kind of a bust, I guess. But Okugo and McInerney were good players for a couple years. And, Danny and, scored a bunch of goals during yeah, that he, first he, he, year. He, like, so what? I don't know so what like, the hell happened. you got to look at the development. Like, what was it a bad draft or – was it just the fact that they didn't have anywhere to go and then they, they screwed them over a they few times? They brought Ruiz but... in, and like I remember there was a bunch of times where they would where they did play Danny and Carlos Ruiz together up top, and then they had Sebastian on the wing. But like I, I don't, but I Jack, don't know. Yeah. I, I guess he just I, I don't know. Maybe Peter just burned him out. I th- right yeah, away. I, th- everybody I, th- else I think playing for Novak screwed a lot of, of young players. But yeah, I mean Jack McInerney, I'm surprised, but he, he's been to a few places and he's he's he. He always scores goals. Like he's not the most like technical player, but yeah. he's a good goal scorer. Um, Maybe he comes back someday. I, I just don't know I where. Think, like that's what I'm saying. I think he was interested in going to Atlanta because Atlanta was where, nah, he's, yeah, where, he's, where he's, from. he's from. But like he's not gonna get in on that team. I mean, if he yeah, if, if he's if he has a great season in the USL, he scores double digits goals. Um, yeah, it's possible he, he gets Let's back see. in. But Let's I mean, see. there's so many of these guys who are core players on the union in like 2012 yeah Amobi and jack and farfin and shane and williams these guys aren't even playing in mls anymore like it's one thing to like not be stars or just to not even start but to not even be in the league that tells me a couple of things that the uh they were too hyped maybe they weren't uh treated properly or or that the league is just getting much better but yeah that's worth a that's worth an athletic. Well, that'll piece be a chapter. Yeah, and that'll be a, maybe that'll be a chapter in the book if we ever get around <laughs> to it. Yeah. Uh, John Krasoff, any thoughts on a union-heavy Bethlehem Steel losing to Tampa Bay uh, Rowdies again last week? Makes that twice in about a month. Um, well, they won their opener. I mean, it, it it is nice when they have all these guys on the union playing, but but these other teams have kind of kind of more chemistry. It's hard to right, yeah. yeah yeah you're not going to get a lot of continuity when you right. do that you know it's I mean different like, guys each like one. really the, if you think about it, the only Bethlehem Steel mainstay from the beginning is James Chambers right <laughs> and otherwise you know he's trying to lock it down playing like the eight or the six or whatever in between there and like everybody else around him is kind of like a like a rotating cast of characters so yeah I just think that's kind of comes with the and their purpose and their first purpose isn't to win their first purpose yeah. is to find homes yeah. for these guys to yeah. give them minutes to, to yeah. develop Corey Burke I mean in that sense it's working great I mean look at Corey Burke he, he played two great seasons for the steel and he's been good for the union so far yeah, I know. Band, so, I mean, yeah. like with, a, with apologies to like Mark Cole and the dudes up there in the East End Army like it's it, it, they could go 0 and 34 or whatever if, if they put you know like Corey Burke to the senior team you know and that's what you take pride as in being a Bethlehem Steel follower a Bethlehem Steel fan it's not going to be wins and losses it's going to be who ends up doing what for the Philadelphia Union you know like I don't think any buddy up in the lehigh valley says well the iron pigs went 162 and 0 this year you know because the whole point is to get i don't know who the hell plays who plays for them zach eflin is he going down there? <laughs> whoever whoever gets sent down or comes back up or makes it to the big leagues that's what those teams exist for you know and they've said and the union have said that on the record you know yeah i, I just did a big feature on the steel and brendan burke basically said that you should go back and read that story yeah and the iron pigs is a good mention okay all right uh, Craig Lopez with a lot of Z's. Can the Union compete with the ambitious and deep-pocketed teams like Minnesota United? <laughs> oh, is this because they just brought their first uh, they DP get, uh, in, Quintero? Quintero? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Can they they're, compete they're with fir- them? Their first DP ever, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... I don't. Is, this is really a com- snarky tweet, even for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can they compete with Minnesota? Uh, I, 
you know, it's the same as it's always been, you know, they're, they're, no, they're not going to have the financials as, as everybody else, but you know, it's nice that they went for all the discretionary TAM. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a start. Uh, PA buys, if the union concede two goals, do they get a result? No. Uh, this weekend? Nah, definitely not. No, definitely no. Or not, not if ever. They, I don't think. If know. they win this weekend, are they going to be one teams three to two and four to two this year? No. At home, maybe. No. Uh, definitely yeah. not on the road. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Philly Tyrus, what's your favorite MLS team this year so far? Our favorite's always Philadelphia. Come on. Is that Zach over there? <laughs> nah, it's Philly yeah. Tyrus. No, but he's uh, oh. rich. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to play with him at, oh, okay. uh, at uh, um, Starfinder uh, pickup. Okay. Um. My favorite team in MLS, actually, well, not like within league play, but like overall, is is New York. Just seeing what they did in Champions what they League, did in the yeah. Champions League, yeah. I mean, like Bradley Wright Phillips, it's fucking, fucking cooking, man. Yeah. Is he the best goal scorer in MLS history? Do you think? Over the last five years, I think stat, he's proven it to be. Yeah. What was that stat about the last five he, years? Yeah, he's the most goals in, fi- in a five-year span. He's closing in on a hundred. I think there's only nine or ten guys who've ever scored a hundred, and and he's thoroughly he, defeated the the whole like he can't do it without Thierry Henry yeah. kind of narrative. You know, it's either him or Wando. <laughs> but to that point, like maybe Henry was a guy who like helped unlock his game a little bit. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily he was the catalyst for it, the only reason for it, but maybe he something clicked with him and said, okay, maybe I get it. Yeah. Now, you know? um, Did so you see his uh, two goals this past weekend? Yeah. Uh, they're pretty sick goals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're playing at a very, uh, very high level right now, as you'd say. Yeah. Justin Freeberg asked uh, left back Colorado with the Vino mm-hmm. out. Yeah. We, we talked about that. Yeah. We think it'll might be Gaddis just for this game. But I think it'll hopefully be Gattis, it'll but be Real. I would, yeah. play, I would play Real. Yeah. Oh, is there anything else? No more questions. Uh, let me look on my thing. Yeah, this is forty minutes already. Huh? Yeah, uh, we're wrapping up the questions. Uh, Ken Hulk actually asked, "How does the union compensate for conservative um, defending against David Akam?" Uh, yeah, you touched on this before. Teams are trying to like take him take him away his explosiveness. And- well, you know, so so like theoretically, it's this: like if you if you say the union are on the front foot and they're actually building possession and kind of pushing a team back, you know, right? So so you're not going to have your speedy wingers being able to really to run at anybody, right? So uh, that's when you use your advanced fullbacks. You get Keegan and and uh, Fabi or Matt Ray out of the game, and you get them up on the flanks and you pump some crosses in there because um, you got a big target to aim for. You got CJ up there, you know. Yeah. Um, or let Harris hit some distant shots. You know they've got some tools to work with when they're up there. They're not, they're not just a one-trick counterattack, speed on the wings, lone striker kind of team. I mean, they have some people who can do things, and that's what you assign Dutchkow for anyway. You know he's supposed to be a guy who can unlock defenses like that. So I just don't think that the calm is like you don't want to see him like in the in the phone booth like I said earlier, like trying to dribble three guys at the same time because that's just not his game. And it never has been. But because they rotate like that and they kind of pinch so far to the left that. He's operating more from those like striker positions than actually as a winger. So that's like interesting to that's the big tactical wrinkle for this year and, and for years past too, like just seeing how the spacing works and what they do in the build up and how they, they get these guys uh, acclimated, you know? Baxter, just relax, man. All right, we're almost done. I think we are done. Any other questions? Should we go watch opening day? Uh yeah, I don't really New York you know, Mets. I'm not much let's yeah. go Mets. Who are your Mets playing? Oh shit. What? Who are your Mets playing? Uh, They're, I think the Cardinals. The it's, Cardinals. it's about to start. You know, I'm not that Noah much Sindergaard. of a baseball fan. I'm really not that much of a baseball fan. But at least the Phillies have some interesting people to watch this year. You know, you, you couldn't say that about yeah. last year or the It'll year be before. Decent. You know, you got Reese Hoskins in there. You got Carlos Santana. 
Mm-hmm. Jake Arietta. You got uh, this Kingery dude who's supposed to be good. I mean, that yeah. shows how much I've been paying attention. There you go. You got the Sixers going You're to the playoffs. You got uh, Markel Fultz. You got the Eagles. They're still Super Bowl champions. I mean, what a time to be alive. And your your Philadelphia Union have not allowed a, a single goal. goal this year, man. What a time. What a time. To what be a time alive. to be alive in Philadelphia sports. And what a time to listen to the Always Soccer. <laughs> Just bring it all home. Just bring it all home. I didn't, you know, I did. I usually do my shtick at the beginning. I'm like uh, Kevin Kincaid, Dave Zeiland, Baxter is like. Uh, did you forget to do that? Do whatever he's doing. So I'll do it right now. Uh, Kevin Kincaid, Dave Zeitlin, uh Baxter is Who's whining. Crying like crazy. It's probably like a squirrel out there or something. It's always what it because because the window like for people who like so just for example here like I got a window that goes all the way down to the floor here so Baxter can see out the window even at like dog height. Yeah. You know, so he always is just looking at activity out the front window, and occasionally is it birds he's, just he's going, looking at maybe birds being killed by stones. It, yeah, birds, stones, squirrels. Um, you know, drifters that are just walking around Fishtown. Sometimes he'll just go crazy and he'll go flying down the stairs <laughs> and he'll try to get out uh, the nice. front door. But not now. We're gonna uh, go take care of him right now. Let's go take him out. Thank you for taking care of us. It's always <laughs> soccer in Philadelphia. That's poetic.